Input prices. Every farmer has something to say about high input prices these days. But it's not just the farmers who are fueling the pinch. I'm Chris Torres, and today on the Young Farmer Podcast is my conversation with Seth Sheehan, the second generation owner of TNS Crop Service, a full service crop protection and custom applicator in Western New York. Seth talks about how he's adjusted to high input prices and whether farmers will have the fertilizer herbicides, and other tools they need to have a successful growing season. He also talks about taking over the family business four years ago after the death of his father. And if you like technology, you'll love our discussion on autonomous machinery and what future they might have in his business. Okay, so Seth, it sounds like I am talking to you from your truck. You are. What kind of truck do you have? Uh, Chevy Silverado. Awesome. Keep you keep you nice and warm on this cold New York morning. <laughs> it will once it starts uh, warming up. It just started, so. But yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Seth, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Um, Seth, you're an owner of TNS Crop Service in Warsaw, New York. Can you tell me a little bit about your business and, and what you do as, as part of that business? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, we're a full-service um, ag retailer. We sell seed, fertilizer, and uh, crop protection, both uh, custom applicating and, and just cash and carry business on the crop protection business. So, so tell me a little bit about the market you serve. I mean, obviously, Warsaw, that's more western New York. Am I correct? Yes, we're about 40 miles, 45 miles uh, east of Buffalo and 45 miles to 50 miles south of Rochester, maybe, right in the middle of Wyoming County, which is New York State's largest dairy county. So there are a lot of uh, dairy farms, uh, a lot of cows, so a lot of manure, so less fertilizer, but uh, a lot of corn, alfalfa, acres, and then... We, that's where our, our, our main uh, business is, but then the surrounding counties and north of us, there's a lot of vegetable and row crops and uh, cash crops. The business was started by your, by your father, Tom, but as I understand it, you actually came back to the business when you were 23 years old. Can, can you tell me a little bit about your journey in coming back to the family business? Um, yeah, I went to, I was always around the business in high school and, and in college, but not on a day-to-day function, I guess. Um, but I went to college at the University of Buffalo, and when I finished there, I looked at some other options to do, but I kind of, the business was growing, and he needed help, and it was pretty convenient to have a job that paid pretty well and could come right home and do something that I was comfortable doing and live here. So it was an easy decision. And when you came back to the business, I mean, what, what, what did you actually, what did you actually do? I mean, where, where were you actually placed in the business when you, when you came back? Oh, uh, just like labor, I did applicating, spraying and, you know, filling chemical totes or mixing fertilizer or whatever. And you worked right alongside your, your father, Tom? Yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So you came back when you were only 23 years old. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, about what you've seen, you know, since you came back to the business and, and how it's grown since, since you came back? Well, when, when I came back, we probably still had 
a couple GVM pickup truck sprayers. Um, and now we have, I don't know, maybe seven John Deere 40 R4038 sprayers mm-hmm. and a couple Haggies. So um, things have changed a lot on that end. We've, it was much smaller scale, um, a lot of smaller farms. So sure. there was probably more customers, but uh, yeah, just, just everything's grown. You know, technology is a really big, you know, over the years, even I've seen it. I mean, there's just so much more technology on the farm these days and in agriculture itself. How have you guys actually adjusted to that? I mean, how have you guys actually implemented, you know, between you say, you know, just from going to, from GVMs to, to the John Deere's, um, that's one part of it. But but how else have you actually, you know, brought in um, technology onto the things that you actually do? Well, all of our... Um everything we do is through our accounting software and we, so we, so the, the custom applicating we use, they, we create the jobs and it, it wirelessly goes to iPads for all the guys and they, they do all their jobs on the iPad as well as the John Deere display. They have, we do both, but we wirelessly, you know, send the, send the jobs to the equipment and then the customers can log into their account and, and view when a field has been sprayed and when it or scheduled to spray or their invoices or any of that. So that's one way we're using it. Um, we're, we're using a lot of variable rate for drop tube and nitrogen and uh, different things like that, spreading potash, whatever. So that's all, all new stuff compared to when I was 23. How, how was some of that work done when you were, when you joined the business? <laughs> just uh, on uh, pieces of paper with written out hey, go do this uh, yeah so not not nothing like uh, nothing like it is today there was no no wireless communication it was all just written not handwritten and sent out that's pretty cool what you know Seth what's the biggest part of your business because you you do you do a lot of things I mean you do your crop protection and fertilizer and even some seed sales I mean what would you say is the biggest part of your business these days I mean in in a dollar value right now it's obviously fertilizer um, sales just because the probably the you know the, the cost has gone up high in the last couple of years but or the last 12 months anyway um, but it's pretty evenly spread. I mean, we're probably, we do a lot of crop protection sales, um, like herbicide sales. So we're, uh, maybe, maybe 40% fertilizer, 30% crop protection sales, 20% seed or something. And, uh, 10% application, mm-hmm. if that equals a hundred, uh, something like that. Well, I don't have my calculator out here, so I'll just double check when I. Yeah, get. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I got us to a hundred. Uh, the custom application part of the business has that grown? A- actually, actually, it has grown. Um, I mean, well, that we've grown as a business, so it, it has organically, but it's almost um, due to labor issues and probably regulations and different things. Even some large farms that either that own their own sprayers or um, easily could afford their own sprayer or justify it, uh, still have us do a lot for them or are talking about having us do more. Yeah, so that that is a growing part of our business, which is 
which is actually a good thing. Now, I also see that you actually have, um, you're actually using a lot of drones. Um, you're actually using drone imagery for crop scouting and even some real-time decision-making. Can you tell me a little bit about, about the use of drones on, on the, in the business? I can tell you that we have an agronomist that uses them. <laughs> and he, he flies them and it's, uh, it's sort of his thing and him and another guy go out and they, they'll scout fields and, and take pictures and do fungicide applications and stuff like that. I don't get much into the, that part of the, I've never, they're neat. I don't use them though. Yeah, no, that's not a problem. What's your favorite part of the business? I like, uh, I like custom app. Like the, I, I would, I would say, um, making the prescriptions, like making I, the prescriptions or actually going out there and, and doing it. I like to actually go out and do it. Yeah. I don't do as much as I did 10 years ago, but I, I still do, a fair amount. How many, how many employees are, are, are under you? I mean, how many employees do you have as part of TNS Crop Service? Oh, in, in peak season, probably 25, maybe 20, 22 to 25. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this time of year, maybe, oh, there's probably 14 of us, 15. When is peak season for you guys? Maybe April 1st through August 1st, mm -hmm. probably. So we'll we'll have we'll have several uh, seasonal truck drivers that come running nurse trucks or delivering fertilizer or whatever. You know, if there's one thing that everyone is talking about, the I get phone calls almost every day or emails almost every day about input prices, about how high input prices have gone. Everything from fertilizer to herbicides, everything in between has gone through the roof as of late. Can you give me your perspective on that, on input prices and how they've gone up and, and how that sort of has affected has affected your business? It makes planning very difficult, um, but yeah, they've gone up since probably not not just this last say six months, but probably starting of like at the beginning of um, twenty twenty one. They they just sort of have con it's been a constant trend upwards on almost everything. You know, you hear you hear a lot about like the glyphosates and and the nitrogen prices are are the two big ones that are just, I don't know, probably doubled or tripled in, in price in the last 12 to 18 months, I would say. And how does that, I mean, you know, I mean, so, so how does that affect your part of the, your part of the equation? I mean, obviously, you know, the, the farmer's going to have to pay for it down the line at the end, but I mean, how does it, how does it affect you? I mean, obviously you have to buy those products well, in and all that. How does that I mean, affect the, you? The, the same thing, you know, it, it, have to have a line of credit or or money to buy them and if you're used to spending x dollars and now you have to spend 3x it makes it difficult and then just worrying about having supply because that's the other side of it is the prices are way up but then you can't even get it half the time you can't get what you're looking for so it's been it's been challenging it's it's really different um, i think i think it'll be all right and everything we will we won't be short when it comes to the season. I don't believe, mm -hmm. but um, it's been a little nerve wracking trying to find find stuff. You know, is there is it everything then, or is it you know are there are there certain inputs that are going higher than 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 other inputs, or is it really across the board? It's pretty much across the board, but and it, actually at this point, I think that some of the like some of the herbicides. I think because of the shortage or the pricing on glyphosate, some of the herbicides that normally wouldn't be affected 
are becoming affected because people are changing where which direction they're going in and so things that shouldn't be short are becoming short in supply Mm -hmm. because people are changing their spray programs um on the fertilizer side it seems like urea or uan urea lately has been you know bouncing around i don't up and down but uan has been steadily high through last fall and into into this winter Mm -hmm. um and hasn't hasn't come down at least not to where to our level like we can't buy it any cheaper now than we were buying it say a few months ago so those are the two the, the big ones what do you say i mean when you know if farmers call you up if your clients call you up and ask you you know hey are we going to have the stuff that we need for this coming season and all that sort of thing are you guys going to be able to come through um you know what do you have and what do you having to tell them i mean there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of anxiety out there so far i'm i'm pretty confident we're going to be fine um i mean we have some of the restrictions are going to be or the things to to worry about will be you know trucking in season when you need stuff that i can't control Mm -hmm. um but i for most of our core customers that have been with us year in and year out i don't think they'll have any problems getting what they need to get and we've sort of been working on this for the last few months so people that we sort of can plan with and know what they needed um we you know we've already sort of supplied them with their their glyphosate for the year and different things like that mm-hmm. moved a lot of fertilizer this fall last fall mm-hmm. so you know in terms of i wanted to shift the conversation a little bit and just talk to you um a little bit about um you're a young guy you're a pretty young guy um how old are you by the way <laughs> i'm 40 you're a young guy i'm 42 <laughs> you're a young guy well there's a you could be younger you could always be younger <laughs> <laughs> you can't, unfortunately we can't turn back the clock so <laughs> that, that's true that's true do you have any uh, are you or do you have any kids i do i have uh um two little girls five-year-old and a two-year-old oh, wonderful have they expressed an interest in coming back to the business or expressed an interest in farming they like um uh, the five-year-old likes a bunch of the young guys that <laughs> that run equipment she thinks that they're her boyfriends but they have not uh they have not they want to be teachers like mom so they don't they haven't they're not around the business very often oh, okay okay other than other than to bring dad lunch or a coffee or something they don't they're not there very often yeah did you did you grow up on a farm seth i did not okay. i grew up um my father grew up on a on a small dairy farm here that is no longer it's actually where we are our business is located on some of the land that the dairy farm owned but that went out of business in probably the 70s or 80s and uh so he grew up on a farm i i i did not obviously your tom your um, father tom is no longer with us um and uh remembering your father and and talking about your father um you know in terms of in terms of uh, what you what you learned from him when you when you came back into the business and all that sort of thing, can you can you touch on some of the things you you learned from your father when you when you came back and joined the business? Oh yeah, uh, everything. Uh, I mean, he did a, an amazing job going from like starting with a you know he grew up on a struggling dairy farm with with very little, and he built a, we're a fairly well established large business at this point. Um, for at least 
as small businesses go in the area. And, uh, so he taught me everything. He was, he was great at that kind of thing. Um, as far as like buying fertilizer and, um, buying crop protection and when to buy it, he would, you know, he would leave it up to me early on, you know, and when I first came back, he would say, do you want to buy this? And he just sort of let me make mistakes and go, he wouldn't let me make very big mistakes, but, uh, he would let you, let me do whatever I thought was right. And then if it was wrong, he would, you know, we'd deal with it, but, um, he was a good teacher that way and good communicator. How important was that for you? I mean, how important was that for you to, you know, for your father to actually allow you to make those decisions and, you know, even if they were wrong decisions to just allow you to do that? I think it's extremely important because you, you, we run into people that were, that are going to take over farms or, you know, take over businesses or, or, or already have taken over, but still are paralyzed by not being able to make decisions because they've never had the, the authority to make one. They always are, you know, either asking their, their, well, in agriculture, a lot of times it is your father or your mother or, or uh, a parent um, what to do. And, you know, they get to a point and they don't have somebody left to, to ask, you know, they're thrown into the fire. And, and he prepared me very well for him not being here. So I think that was, uh, that helped me a lot. Now we all, we would prefer he was here, but <laughs> that uh, he's not. And we were able to sort of flawlessly deal with it. So, and then you took, I mean, did you take over right away? Can you tell me about that transition? Did you take over right away or how was that? How was that transition? Um, well, I mean, I, when he was still alive and, and, and working, he, I was doing a lot of, you know, I sort of handled the, the, the applicating and that, that part of it. And he was doing most of the fertilizer buying and stuff still, but yeah, like day one after, after he passed away, I, we were back to work and, I took over everything. Wow, what was that like? Oh, uh, it was it was a little a little wild at the at first. Just it was a lot to to deal with. My sister came back to the business and helped a lot, being at um in the office every day and and able to handle the phones and stuff. Um, but he, yeah, he passed away at the end of March, so it was like great going into the busy season. So it was it was we were thrown into the fire, but. We did okay that first year. It was a little, little bumpy, but we managed, and it's gotten better ever since. Well, now you're the second generation owner of the business, and uh, you know what sort of changes and all that sort of thing have you have you brought in that you decided to to implement on the business since since you've taken over? Um, a, well, a lot of the technology stuff, especially, I mean, the technology with the equipment was sort of my generation's idea, and and and. It, the, this next generation, the guys that are working there younger than me are, are probably going to go a lot further with it. So that, that's all new to us and, and to the business that came from me outside of just the normal custom app and fertilizer sales. We've started doing a, a lot of trucking for a third party who's a, a customer of ours that owns a trucking company. And like everybody else, the labor is an issue and, they need help and we have guys in the in the winter that can help so we've been doing a bunch of that to, to help pay some bills um, that was sort of something that I came up with but yeah. I'm trying to think what else yeah I guess just just those things mm-hmm. are, the, are the big changes that we've done speaking of labor you live in a state that is not 
in terms of labor is a very challenging state to be in, to say the least. Um, you know, how, how, how's that, how's the, the, the labor issues in, in New York? I mean, how's that, how is that affecting your business and how does that affect the, the long-term, the long-term uh, aspects of the business? Long-term, it makes you, you, you worry about the sustainability of, of not so much us um, in our, what, we've always had to pay overtime and, and we've always sort of dealt with, with what, where we're at and, and we're fine with that. We, I wonder what, what the ramifications will be toward to our, our customers and how, if it keeps, if it keeps getting harder and harder for them to do business here, what, what will happen? Um, yeah. And for listeners that don't know, New York state is one of, I believe the third state in the country that's actually going to require, it's a 10 year, it's going to be in 10 years, but it's going to require um, farmers pay overtime to their employees past, you know, when they get past 40 hours a week. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I believe it's 60 now and it's going to 50, 56 maybe next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, they're, they're implementing it slowly, but it's, it's going to happen. Does that make implementation of more technology even, even more important, you think, in the coming years? I would think it's going to have to. Um, yeah, there's just not not going to be the labor pool willing to to be do these jobs. I I don't believe so. I I don't know what that looks like if it's self driving trucks or what, but mm-hmm. um, it's definitely going to change. You're a green guy. Um, we are <laughs> speaking of, speaking of green. They just came out with uh, they just came out with with an autonomous. I believe it was an autonomous tractor. Um, yeah, I, I, I saw that. You planning to, to go into the autonomous business anytime soon? <laughs> um, we would be open to it if, if it fits. Um, now I don't, we'd have to see how the sprayers would operate. Our terrain is, uh, is very different than central Illinois. So, sure. um, <laughs> you know, we have a lot of hills and a lot of odd shaped fields and three acre fields and 10 acre fields. So, we'll see how that all works and what the capabilities are, but yeah, that would be exciting. I think to have a fleet of self-driving sprayers. Well, you won the 2022 next generation farmer award and that was given out by the New York state horticulture, New York state agricultural society. Congratulations on that award, Seth. Um, you know, thank, thank you. A lot of things that we do here on the podcast is we, is we open it up to, to, um, you know, I, I like to open it up to the people I interview to sort of, um, give their take on, on what they think are the keys to success, um, you know, for, for, for young people, you know, wanting to succeed in this business. Um, you know, from your standpoint, what do you think are the keys? What do you think have been the keys to your success? Well, I had a big advantage that I was, uh, had a, a, a good father that, that did really well and, and helped me get going or continue on what he was doing. But, working really hard is is probably the most important thing that we've done um you know we we'll work every day of the week and make sure that we get stuff done that we say we will and be honest and do do uh, i'm trying to think of how to word it <clears throat> i guess hard work is the most important and hard work can definitely take you a long way because then that gives you opens up a lot of places and hopefully lady luck is on your side to open up even more things for you. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Luck doesn't ever hurt. <laughs> Good luck. 
<laughs> oh, um, no, that, that's for sure. All right. Well, Seth, well, hey, thanks a lot. Do you, well, anything else you want to add for the for the podcast? No, I guess just good luck to everybody. And uh, we'll hopefully get through this this year and try to get back to some sort of normalcy eventually. All right, Seth. Well, thanks a lot for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Read more about Tina's crop service on the website. There'll be a link in the show description. And if you're listening to this in New York, Pennsylvania, New England, or anywhere else in the region, and you need something to do, come to New York Farm Show at the New York State Fairgrounds in Syracuse. I'll be there through this Saturday. So if you want to learn more about American Agriculturist Magazine or just want to talk to me, come see me in the Horticulture Building at the show while you're roaming around and looking at the great machines. I'm really looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening this week, and we'll see you next time.